ministering a message called The Famine is Over. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Famine is Over. Before I open the scriptures, let me open some stupid stuff. At the beginning of this year, I made a New Year's resolution to lose 10 pounds. Only 15 more to go. What should people never eat on New Year's Eve? Firecrackers. My resolution was to read more, so I put subtitles on my TV. What New Year's resolutions should a basketball player never make? Come on, all you sports guys, girls. To travel more. Youth is when you're allowed to stay up late on New Year's Eve. Middle age is when you're forced to. Mary and I haven't made the last couple, you know. We celebrate about 9.30 tonight. We'll be celebrating... What do you tell someone you didn't see on New Year's Eve? I haven't seen you for a year. Why do you need a jeweler, a jeweler on New Year's Eve to ring in the new year? Uh, oh, this is a good one. What was Dr. Frankenstein's New Year resolution? To make new friends. <laughs> Lastly, you'll be glad for this. I promise not to make any bad jokes for the rest of the year. Enjoy your 10 hours of freedom. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there's an incredible, powerful, and I believe prophetic event that happens that I just want to draw from for us. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1 says this, Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. God's word changes everything. God's word changes everything. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time of day, a shea of flour will be sold for a shekel and two shades of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So food will be plentiful and cheap in 24 hours. It was currently a famine. An officer, verse 2, says this, On whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God, and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And Elisha said, In fact, you'll see it with your eyes, but you won't eat it. You'll see God do it, but you won't experience it personally. There's a couple of things, kind of just setting the background for this. When Israel would backslide, the protective hand of God would lift, and there would be almost always a temporary oppressive season that Israel would call out to God and God would rescue them. One of the enemies of Israel was the Syrians and they were always looking for a chance to hurt and harm or destroy Israel. And the Syrians had three kings that shared the same name over many decades of time. It was Ben-Hadad. In 1 Kings chapter 20, Ben-Hadad set a letter sent an envoy to the king of Israel and said, I want all of your best children, your best wives, all your best gold and silver. Give it all to me. And the king of Israel did. And then the Ben-Hadad said, I don't want just that. I want everything. One of the secrets of morality and spirituality is you end up losing everything you compromise to keep. 
And so Ben-Hadad took from Israel their families and their money. Okay, that's the strategic. See, see, the devil is always after our families. He's a wild, ravenous, evil beast, a lion, the Bible says, roaring. And he, he attacks our families. That's where he wants to bring harm. He wants to take what's precious to us. He wants to harm us with finance so we cannot fulfill purpose. And so in the, the previous chapter, this, in 2 Kings chapter 6, another Benedad, the second one, created a famine. It was a man-made famine. Now listen and get this. Almost all of, let's say this, the majority of the world's suffering is caused by bad leadership. So besides now natural events that were, would be powerful storms, but most of the world that's living in impoverishment or famine or other things are things that were 100% fixable with good, godly, wise leaders. So bad leadership creates a suffering, Israel's suffering. In fact, they're suffering so bad. This is the army of Syria surrounded Samaria, this capital city, and wouldn't let any food come in. So they are, have gone now months without food and now they're eating all kinds of gross things and a, a, they're suffering. In fact, there was this story of cannibalism that the king heard about and it just made him so angry. He ripped his clothes and got mad at the prophet as if it was the prophet's fault, but it was his fault because he was an ungodly leader who opened the gates of immorality or idolatry to his generation. But then the prophet walked in because God said, okay, this thing's going to end. And said, tomorrow about this time, it's amazing what our God can do in one 24-hour cycle of time. The Message Bible says it like this. Hear what God says. The famine is over. Hearing lots of people sending me things from prophetic voices. Oh, they're, they're prophesying war. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy war. You just read the paper. <laughs> Prophets prophesy the unobvious, the inobvious. Prophesies prophesy light when it's dark. They prophesy peace when it's war. They prophesy abundance when there's scarcity. That's what a real prophet does. He sees in a different world, or she sees in a different world. And the prophet said, this thing's ending. Let me just help you. The assault against your family is ending. The famine in your family is ending. The famine in your business is ending. Come on, the famine in your marriage is whatever the devil has tried to cut off a supply of grace or healing or it's ending it's ending it's ending the famine's over the famine's over the famine's over and the prophet did not need one person to agree with him because he had a word from god i once called out a woman in the audience by a word of knowledge i said lord shows me you have cancer she says yes i do well god's going to heal you she says no he's not I said, what'd you say to me? I said, he's going to heal you, and he's going to rebuke you for resisting him. She calls me a month later. I'm sorry. You're right. God healed me. Cancer is all gone. And now, if I was God, I would have killed her. What'd you say? Another one bites the dust. 
but the Lord healed her in spite of her doubt. Oh, what a God we serve. What a great God. What a great God. What a powerful, omnipotent, omniscient God we serve. So, Ben-Hadad in scriptures then, first point, is a represents the devil who's a thief who wants to rob, kill, and destroy everything that's precious to us. I posted this a couple days ago. Let me just read part of it now and part of it later. The last few years have been incredibly difficult, intense, and hurtful for so many people. As the Bible pro proclaims, this would be in Hebrews chapter 12, everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. A whole lot of shaking going on, not just on the dance floor. So that the things that can't be shaken will remain. What is the things that can't be shaken? The kingdom of God. There is no part of life and no place in the entirety of the world where people haven't endured a great shaking. So many people have experienced great disappointment and hurt because of the failure of leaders in the church, because of the failures of leaders or because of the mistreatment of other believers. How many see there's shaking in the church happening? Please get this. God's just revealing what was really going on. People say God's judging the church. Well, kind of, but all he's really doing is revealing things that haven't been repented of or resolved. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing. The world is wounded and in great pain. So many have experienced great loss and suffering. So many are deeply discouraged and demoralized. So many feel hopeless and lost. We've never seen the spike of mental unhealth. We've never seen the numbers we're seeing now. We've never seen anxiety at this level, depression at this level. It's the highest that's ever been in the study of mental health in our country, 100 years. So people are living with chronic anxiety, chronic discouragement. A lot of people facing real depression, but haven't, they don't know what it is. They, they, they've never had it before. So everywhere you look, people are suffering. And the devil's on a, like a ravenous wild beast on a rampage. So that's what Ben-Hadad did. He's created a famine. But in the kingdom of God, there's never a famine. <clears throat> so the prophet sensed comes there with no army, with no trail of a caravan of camels, with no, with no wealthy benefactors. He comes up by his little old self and says, I got a word from God. This thing's over. Number, point number two, God's word for you and your family in 2024 is the famine is over. God's not done. We're not just at the beginning of a new year. We're at the beginning of a new spiritual season. In the same areas of your life and family where the enemy has done the worst things, God's about to do the best things. This is your season for a massive heaven-sent renewal and rebuilding of your expectation. Come on for what God's about to do. This is the season of restoration for your life and family. A door opens for you to be free. This is the beginning of a new day in your life. A door opens. So what God has to fix in you is not his ability to do something for you. It's your expectation of what he can do. 
You know who doesn't get much? Folks that don't expect much. You know who gets all kinds of stuff? Those who carry expectation. Blessed are the hungry. They'll be little piggies at the kingdom God's table. More please. Blessed are the hungry and thirsty for right. They shall be filled. Woe to you that are full. So God wants to feel. See, disappointment, setbacks, hurtful things, and even traumas can cause us to say, I'm never going to have, ex I don't want to be disappointed again, so I'm not going to raise my expectation. Well, that's not God's plan for you. Hopelessness is not a strategy, it's an enemy. C come on, hopelessness is not healthy. It's not Jesus. It's not godly. So the closer you get to God, the more, you know, God is a very hopeful fellow. The greatest optimist you'll ever meet is God. It's dark and God says, okay, light. Whole universe is formed. Nice. God wants you to have so much expectation that every day you're looking for it. Remember Jesus said, ask for in prayer, ask what you'll receive. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be open. It's the same person growing in prayer. I ask for it, then I start looking for it. When I know it's close, I start banging on the door. I know it's here. It's time. It's time for, come on, 2024. It's time for my family's salvation. It's time for my business breakthrough. It's it's, I'm knocking. I'm not leaving this door. I'm knocking on it till it opens. Ever visited a family member? You know they're there. Back in the olden days, we used to visit people without announcing it. There was no phone call, no Twitter warning. You just showed up. Now someone shows up at the door and knocks. Everybody ducks down. Who is it? <laughs> Behind the couch. We know them. Who invited them? Different day. God's promise to you is things are going to change. So what happens, verse 3 says this, 2 Kings 7, 3. Now there were four leprous men. We believe this probably was Gehazi and his three sons. He used to be the servant of Elisha, got in trouble. And they're outside the gates. They're suffering with the people, although they're rejected from community in the city. Four leprous men at the gate, and they said to each other, why sit we here till we die? You've got nothing to lose by trusting God. One of the punishing consequences of a season of discouragement, season of disappointment, is that it can paralyze you. And people become inactive, they become passive. In fact, people that are under a lot of weight often have a hard time making decisions. They can't even make simple decisions because they're, they're kind of broken. They're afraid to do anything. God wants to heal your want to this year. Come on. God wants it. God wants you to take your foot off the brake and put it on the gas pedal. 
this is the year you're going to start that business you've been talking about for 10 years. This is the year you're going to do something. This year you're going to reach out to neighbors. <laughs> Pastor, what'd you do? I prayed for her while she went. Tell me how it goes. She said, I don't need you. I got Jesus. She walked up the hill, knocked on the door. I got a gift for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is your year to conquer whatever is trying to paralyze you. This is your year to get up. Come on, I'm getting up. I'm getting up this year. I'm getting up. I'm not going to... Well, you know, I, I think, you know, I know God's got a spouse for me. Well, this is your year to kind of get out there. Stop locking yourself in your living room, praying that Mr. Wright knocks on the door. Get out there a little. I mean, not the bars, in church. Get, whatever that means, it's, there dare to believe dare to trust dare to step out come on this is your year the enemy is trying to make a whole world paralyzed everybody's afraid to do anything uh, the devil's a liar okay last point this one might get exciting don't let liars and the lies they spew keep you from the breakthrough God has for you Oh, oh. we're doing so well. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, what happened in the story was this. In fact, I want to read it to you. So the four lepers went to the enemy's camp, and what did they find out? God chased them all away. This is your year to find out the enemy you had last year won't be there next year. God chases them away. So the lepers went to the enemy's camp and, and, and the, they left in such a hurry, God terrorized them, this massive Syrian army. They left their food on the, on, on the fire. They left their gold and silver, their wardrobes. They left everything and ran for their lives. So here comes the four lepers going from tent to tent, eating everything they're starving like the other people and they're eating and they're collecting all the gold and silver in fact they're burying it collecting gold, you know burying it out there. they're hoarding it and then one of them has an epiphany this isn't right this breakthrough is not just for us it's for everybody in that city you know you have the heart of Jesus when you care about the very people who disowned you and rejected you, and you want to help them. So they shouted up, we went to the enemy's camp and we took back all these stuff. And they're shouting up at the wall. And the king's reluctant to believe, this king was a disaster. He's reluctant to believe them. So he sends out some scouts. And sure enough, some people won't believe your miracle until they themselves investigate it. But at least your testimony will start them on the journey. And so they came back and said, King, it's true. The Syrians left. The food's cooking. The gold and silver's there. And so the king said, oh, this is wonderful. The news begins to spread like wildfire in a city that's starving to death. But then the Bible says this very unusual thing happened. 
Now the king, verse 17 of 2 Kings 7, the king appointed the officer in whose hand he leaned, the guy who said and mocked the prophecy, to have charge of the gate, to decide who could get in and who wouldn't get in. But the people trampled him in the gate, and he died just like the man of God who spoke to the king had said. So it happened just as the man of God spoke to the king, saying, two shades of barley for a shekel, a shade of fine flour for a shekel, food's cheap and plenteous. Then the officer that answered the man of God said, now look, the Lord, if the Lord would look, make windows in heaven, could this thing be mocking, ridiculing, scorning, belittling? And the prophet said, in fact, you'll see it, but you won't eat it. Now it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate. This is the season that gatekeepers from hell are going to be trampled. Uh, what, what are you saying? Well, <clears throat> the enemy will always try to stop your breakthrough by positioning a deceiver and a manipulator and a controller in front of you that what will say you can't get in. <laughs> I don't know who told you it wasn't going to happen, but they're a liar. This is your season to overcome the lying words that rose up against you and tried to keep you out of the breakthrough God has for you. Now, just a couple perspectives of it. One of the things that happened, I don't know about you, the last couple of years have been shockingly disappointing to me. You know, things I used to have trust in, like the government. Used to think everything was up, up and up, and, every, and more and more stuff comes out, and people feel empowered just to lie to us and act like we can't look on and Google it in two seconds to see it's not true. So all kinds of lies and all kinds of dimensions, the media is filled with all these talking heads that are just prophets of Baal, telling you what you can't be. They're just five seconds away of waging public war in Christianity. Why? Because the Bible. Because the Bible says sex outside of marriage is a sin. I can't, it's not me, it's God. So there's so many things happening. And, and, and God says, whatever the lies, let me, you know, from my, you know, macro to micro. In your story, there's a gatekeeper. You know, the one that says, no one in your family will ever be blessed. The one that says, you'll never be happy again. That gatekeeper that says, you'll never find the right person. The gatekeeper that says, your kids will never be saved. You'll never have your breakthrough. The devil is a liar. This is your season to trample those lies. Now, we're not mad at people. We forgive them all whatever they are, okay? The devil uses people, God uses people, we forgive people, we don't carry grudges, we're not filled with hate, we're not filled with anger, except against the devil and his lies. The Bible calls, Jesus called Satan the father of all lies. This is your season for every lie to be trampled. This is your season. Stop believing it. Stop believing. Stop, stop trusting people that don't have your best intentions in their mind.
Stop believing what the media says or the culture says. What? Just listen to God. Let God talk to you. You with me? This next year can be the greatest year in your life or you can be caught up with all the nonsense and carried away with all the lies that are told. We're having revival here in Phoenix. We're having revival at Church of the Nations. Next year is gonna be our best year ever. More souls saved, more miracles, more outreach, more deliverance, more tra- This will be our best year. It's your best year for your family. It's breakthrough time. It's famine breaking time. It's curse breaking time. It's your time for things to change. It's your time for miracles to happen. It's your time to see God be God. Come on, someone shout, the famine is over. Thank you, God. One of the things you have to, I'm done, so stay standing. You have to aggressively tell the mountain it's moving. My job in prayer is not to describe the mountain. Oh, this is such a big problem, Jesus. Have you seen this mountain? My job in prayer is to tell the mountain how big Jesus is and prophesy until it moves. Some of the orneriest, most deceived, most anti-God family members you have are about to become the radical, turned-on prophets, evangelists, preachers, and soul winners. Some of the people that have messed with you and hurt you the worst are gonna come and apologize. Not because you made them, because God's changing their hearts. All kinds of things are happening. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Amen. We're going to close this service with some fun stuff. We have how many balloons? We have 1,500 balloons up there. So just pretend it's 1159. Because <laughs> that's, that's about all I can do today. Pretend it's 1159, but just let it be a prophetic act. We're going to count down. B.J. Miller is going to sing one of his great songs. OMG is a great song. But before we do, we're going, to, we're going to enter into a new year with a shout. With a shout of praise, a shout of faith, a shout of victory. Come on, a shout of expectation. You ready for that? Ready for the countdown clock? Help me, everybody. Where is it? On the screen, the countdown clock will begin momentarily. Ten. Yeah. Come on, give out a shout of praise.
Happy New Year. We just, we truly believe 2024 is going to be your best year ever. The famine is over. Right now, we want to call our prayer team, our altar team forward. If you guys need prayer for anything, we want to welcome you down. We would love to pray with you. This is your time to come down. If you need encouragement, if you need someone to pray and agree with you, if you're sick in your body, please come down. We would love to pray with you guys. Have an awesome day. We love you from our CFTN family. Happy New Year.